Moncrief on News Talk. Now, a man might occasionally say about his partner, she's turning into her mother and not mean it in a completely complimentary way. But what he might not realise is that he's just as likely to be turning into his father. And it seems more likely to happen to people when they become parents. We're joined by the psychotherapist Bethan O'Reardon. Good afternoon, Bethan. Hello, good afternoon. Uh, So why does this happen? Oh, well, it's our DNA. It's our lived experiences. It's how how our body forms an emotional memory and a memory of how to behave. And then it comes out. And you see, the thing about parenthood is this, is that you we are activated all the time by things our children do and things our children say, and our body becomes activated. And then we respond in a way that our parents would have done. But all is not lost. If you're reading this and are listening to this and you're feeling blue, it is possible to change. Right. OK. And so th- th- does that mean that people react like the, as their parents uh, might have done despite their best intentions? Yeah, I mean, so uh, yes, in in short, yes, but you can change this by, but it takes a lot of awareness and a lot of really tuning in. I mean, there's that famous expression, did you ever open your mouth and your mother fell out? Uh, yes, all the time, because you see, our body always goes and our brains go for the path of least resistance. So it goes to what's familiar, what it knows has happened before, rather than perhaps what it is that you'd like to say or like to do. Yeah. It's tricky stuff. Uh, so rather than giving a considered and careful response, which I was just saying, I'll give you something. To, to cry about, just like our parents did. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, you know, I'm a mom of three. I don't always have time for a considered and, you know, careful response. So instead, I've developed a go-to response that perhaps isn't my mother falling out of my mouth instead. That's easier for me to remember. And the easier to remember thing for most parents is probably closing your mouth. And I know that might sound like, oh my God, that was a ridiculous thing to say. You've been doing this for 20 years and that's your best tip. But you see, when we close our mouth, it affords us the opportunity to take a pause. And when we pause, that affords us the opportunity to respond, to react, to, oh, to respond rather than react um, and perhaps then be the parent and person that we want to be. Yeah, because I would have thought to a degree, at least, most parents would have uh, or, or most people when they become parents themselves uh, would have some, you know, would have views about how they were parented. Uh, and would kind of say, well, I'm, you know, that was good, but I'm not going to do that, this other thing. Yeah, absolutely. But you see, we're very complex as people. So we've two things. We've the logic. Okay, logically, I am not going to shout at my kid next time they do the thing I've asked them not to do seven million times today already. Uh, But then you see, we have our emotional response. And what we would say in the therapy world is, is that until that emotional response becomes safe, so we go to therapy or we we kind of muddle through ourselves, we're always triggered by our children. We're always triggered. Um, and so it does, it takes an enormous amount of work to know, okay, this is a time that I am going to be triggered and I'm going to say something helpful instead. And and I think it's something that I meet in parents all the time. And on my podcast, which is the Mum Mind podcast or how to stop your mother falling out your mouth, it would be one of the most common questions I'm asked. How can I be a camera parent? How come it is that I'm not the parent that I thought I would be? Mm. And this is where we can read all of the parenting books and have all of the logic. But 
our body retains that emotional memory. And that is the bit that um, that kind of takes over, almost hijacks the logical part of the brain. And that bit tries to run the show until we slow things down and we take a more measured approach to how we want to be. But is that because of our own parents or just because children can be annoying? Uh, um, uh, you know, they <laughs> <laughs> that's, yes. a, that's, a mean, fact in, a that's a fact of every generation that they wear you down and eventually you might snap. But but that doesn't mean that you're being your father or your mother. That's just yeah, a kind of I a human it, reaction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I guess it's perhaps in the way in which you're your mother or your father. You know, I mean, I guess, of course, everybody has a limit and everyone has a point, but it's what we do with that. You know, I could respond to my kids in a way and not sound anything like my mom. And then another day I could even think, oh, I'm even pulling the same face as she did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's madly and wildly frustrating and complicated stuff until we figure it out. Yeah, because I would imagine like for more, probably a, a difference between a, a, a I'm generalizing here wildly, but 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 to a large extent, parents now are negotiating with their kids to a certain extent. They've they've encouraged their kids to have a voice, uh, to say what they want, to say what they feel. Whereas perhaps when they were growing up, that was far less the case. And so the, the, there's two completely different dynamics at play there. Yeah. And actually, you know, so I do a lot of work with teens and what the teens would say to me is, is that, yes, there's all these kind of muddy and murky dynamics going on with teens having their teen development and resistance to parents and stuff. But actually, children don't have life experience. They don't have a fully developed brain and they cannot develop a context. So sometimes getting into the negotiations with children can be helpful and sometimes it can be really unhelpful. Mm. So we say a lot in therapy for parents, don't negotiate with your child's faulty logic. And and this isn't to say that there's something wrong with your child or that they are wrong. It's that you know, I'm imagining, you know, you ask a three-year-old, a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old a question and, and if they're not getting what they want, they will they will come back to you with the best, um, you know, reasoning and constructed argument about yes, why they should have the thing. But, but still the parent, we have to be the leader. Parents yeah. have to be one step ahead of their children. So yes, we can talk, give children a voice, but children are, and teens are also looking for their parents to make decisions and lead as well. And that's the kind of fine balance without being too controlling and without being too liberal either. And this depends on your family, how you want things to be, your values, your child. Oh, so much goes into supporting their resilience and um, mental health development, really. Uh, Aideen says, I think as you get older, you see things differently. You see why parents, your parents, did things a certain way. As you get older, it makes sense. And you start to see the world how they would have. Yeah, I mean, I always think this is a mad thing about getting old. I settled down at Christmas to watch loads of Agatha Christie's and I thought, I've become my mum. This is it, live in action. (laughs) So I think you do. I think you do see things. You do see things differently and things mean a lot different as well. You know, I remember being a child and thinking, God, that's not important at all. So you do. And also I can have a lot more empathy for my mum now. I'm a mother. I can say, God, this is really hard, isn't it? You know, you're kind of sifting through these murk feelings and trying to parent at the same time. It's hard stuff. It's hard going. Yeah. Is this all inevitable then? Or or is it is it we're talking about a certain percentage of parents kind of start to turn into their own parents and there's another percentage who uh, carry on just being themselves and are unscathed? 
Oh, I think it's inevitable. And for a few oh, reasons. Dear. You see, like we're the product of a few things. We're the product of our DNA. We're the product of the environment that we grew up in. You know, we became us uh, perhaps by miracle, but also, you know, we became us us based on a certain set, a set of circumstances. Like if I grew up with the same mom and dad, but in a different house, I would be a very different person. Mm. So, you know, it's inevitable that the emotional memory, how I formed my memory of who I am and my emotions is based on my formative experiences. And the family is the training ground for life. We keep repeating those relationships, whether they're functional or dysfunctional, we keep repeating them. Um, but then on the flip side of that also is this activation that being a parent means that as your child grows older, your childhood experiences are being activated inside. You know, there's a great book called The Body Holds the Score, and it's all about how our body and brains have retained an emotional memory of everything we've ever done and experienced. Now, we don't remember that logically, otherwise we'd be even more crazy than we all are anyway, but it's all in there. Which is why when you meet someone and you get a funny feeling or when your child does something and you respond and you think, God, that was totally, what on earth am I even saying? It's because you are remembering how your parents responded to you. And so this is where the intergenerational, you're falling out your mouth stuff really comes from. Yeah. So, but, but for people listening, Bethan, who might be of the opinion that their parents or a parent was a terrible parent... It's very frightening to think that then, that you might revisit those things on your own child. Well, I don't know if you would necessarily revisit them, but you're already feeling them. You know, like I've not met anybody in the therapy room or anybody in the CAM parenting community who hasn't had an experience of being parented that that didn't feel nice, that wasn't okay, Mm. right? And it's not that you repeat those exact things that were done to you. It's that they're activated in you. And you remember, gosh, I remember this time this was this this happened. But you see, the great thing about being an adult is, is that you can take responsibility. When you're a child, you haven't got the tools, the coping mechanisms, the money, the support, all the things you need. But as an adult, if you were brought up in a household where life was difficult, it's possible to support yourself through that. And you are not alone. I mean, I know, I know as a mom, I mean, hopefully I'm not damaging my children. I'd be a terrible parenting expert if I was. But I know that there may be things that needs in my children that I miss or that I don't meet all the time. And they too may have to go to therapy to remedy those bits. But it's about parents finding they're good enough and plodding through life with that. Bethan, thanks very much for uh, speaking with us today. That was uh, Bethan Arreardon, a psychotherapist and uh, the founder of the CAM Parenting Community. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.